single one. Go, there's the girl. Right. Ladies and gents, it's Nick's birthday today. Today he is 50 years old. Dickhead. He is. Would you believe it? 50 years old. Look a day over 49 plus VAT. So as you all come on, I expect you all to, to wish Nick a happy birthday. There we go. Who's there? There we go. There we go. There we go. I haven't even got the questions up, Nick. Well, it's not a surprise, really, is it? Um, just bear with. Bear with me. Bear with. Thank you. Thank you, Cody. Is Cody wishing you happy birthday, is it? Yes, but is it in a nice way? Did he? No, don't do it in a nice way, Cody. There's no point. It's boring, that. Have a day off. Well, uh, I'm carrying this one and I, mate, as usual. Look at him. Got his dressing gown on. Where's the questions? I can't find them. Right, I'll deal with it, shall I? I'll deal with it. Wait a minute. Um, Still need to find Please, shut up, you and listen. Right. Uh, first question. I want to start online coaching, but don't want to call it online coaching. As I feel like it's a generic name and sounds like everyone else. What sort of path could I take for naming my online coaching a platform? Um, I think, first of all, um, you're probably sick of the name more than the consumers that you're trying to attract. Like, they probably won't care and don't know the difference. Um, but uh, I would call it something relevant to the demographic you're trying to serve. So uh, I would just come up with a list of kind of brand names of a new product, which essentially is what it is. And I would probably go out to your audience and get them to um, get them to pick which one that they think is best and most relevant to them. Uh, I don't think there's any point me turning around and giving you suggestions of names. Um, because I don't know who the market is, because I don't know who asked the question. Um, yeah, so honestly, like I would think of maybe some relevant names and products that, uh, for the product, and I would go out to your market and get them to pick. And then you not only built curiosity, you probably built a bit of excitement as well. Um, and it's going to help with your marketing. Um, but yeah, I would say that probably you're more sick of it than than probably the demographic that you're trying to attract. So it depends on what's more important. And also at the end of the day, you're selling coaching. I think a lot of people get wrapped up into like, how do you sell online coaching? How do you sell small group training? How do you sell one-to-one face-to-face PT? At the end of the day, you're selling coaching. And the, 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 what we're aiming to sell with our marketing and get across is the benefits of that coaching service where people go, i.e. what products is dependent on how much you understand them and the needs analysis and what your core offer is. So although it might seem like a big thing to you of what to call it, the majority of your audience probably won't be that asked. So that's my spin on it. Um, Nick, anything you'd add? No. How would you... Um, uh... Oh, Cody's... Um... I think I'm trying to attract more fat loss clients uh, that want more confidence, etc. Mate, I, I like it's not for me to come up with brand names on the spot. I think it'd be pointless for you. Um, 
I would do a bit of market research and maybe ask and do that as an opportunity to um, to ask the market. And then off the back of that, come up with the most popular name. Like, yeah, I, I, I would go out to market, do market research or do polls and vote for ones that you've come up with. Um, because at the end of the day, you're bringing a new product to market and in any industry, like most in any industry, in any kind of business, they, they won't be a person in an office somewhere who plucks up a name and then they go with that name. It'll just be right. Okay. We'll come up with two or three names. We'll go out to market. We'll do market research. So see yourself as a, as a proper business owner by coming up with a few different names off the back of your market research, doing some polls and then building some curiosity and excitement off the back of it, because it will help towards your marketing. And it takes the assumption away from you because you might come up with something that just doesn't land with your market um so yeah that's what i would say anything you'd add uh no just but could i set up a poll maybe and also ask current clients yeah but current like you're not going to current clients to try and bring them in are you you, you want new people in the business so like if you're going to come up with some names i would go out and do market research and see what people think of their names because at the same time you're going to build some interest and you're probably going to build some leads by doing the market research. So yes, your current clients matter, but they're not going to buy it. So more than likely, you're you're going to need to go out to market the specific market you're trying to, to bring into the business and ask them, because at the end of the day, you want them in there. And it'll be a starting point of an interaction and a contact point, which is also going to help you from a marketing sense. That would be my spin on that. The next question is, what are the top three systems that I should have in place for my business? Mm. Payment. <clears throat> uh, a payment system. Um, that allows you to do recurring payments, DDs, one-off payments, etc. Tracks it all for you, does reminders, does invoices. So that's the first one. Um, second one is, oh, second one is going to be, I think a booking system. I think whether you're online or whether you're face to face, I think a booking system, whether you're online and you're, and you've got the booking system that will, um, that people book in for pre-consults and sales calls, etc. Um, and on the flip side, if you're face-to-face, -face, I can't, it, it's just, yeah, it's a no-brainer, definitely a booking system. Um, and the third one, boy, see, I'm toying between, I'm toying between, um, no, PT software. Million percent. Going back and forth a little bit. Yeah. But I think, um, yeah, PT software to be able to deliver your service in a really, look, if you, we talked about this a lot over the last few weeks. I think on one hand, like, I think we, we used to live in the world of Excel sheets and, and whatnot for our programming and stuff, which was fine. And it does a fine job. But I think, you know, over the coming, few years if you're not using pt software i think you're going to get left behind to a certain degree um from a consumer perspective from an ease convenience one place for them which has everything pt platform 
a good question. Um, free PT competition winner says she'll get in contact in May to sign up properly as April won't work. What can I do to ensure this happens? Was thinking I'll keep her in uh, my client group email list and send her a home program for April. Yeah, I think you've answered your own question. Um, keep her incorporated into the, the environment that you've already got her in. Um, make her feel valued. Uh, make sure that that call's booked in so you've got a specific date for that. Um, yeah, and that's that's all you can do. At the end of the day, like if, if they're just putting it off and putting it off and they don't really want it, then they they're obviously they're not probably right to have in the business anyway because you want them to go all in. Um, so it's fair enough that they want to wait until May, but the only things that you can do is the things that you've just, you kind of answered your own question, which is keep them in the group, make them feel valued. Probably if you do touch base with people in the group individually, touch base with them now and again to see how they're getting on from a progress perspective, monitor how many check-ins they do if they're still doing that, but then make sure that the phone call or the, or the Zoom call or the consultation or whatever it is that you've got in is locked in for a specific date. Um, yeah, that's all you can do. Simple as that. Um, yep. Nothing else to add on that, I don't think. How would you deal with someone who prefers a per session slash block booking way. The main reason is because they travel a lot, so they can't have a set routine. I'm worried that sessions will carry over and mess up my timetable. What are your thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. How would you deal with someone who prefers a per, per session block booking? Look, I think I think when it comes to clients like that, they're an anomaly to your business, or they should be, because dealing with lots of clients like that is not going to be a very predictable and sustainable way of you know running your business. So I think on one hand, I was kind of thinking, all oh, right, if you get the average number of sessions and you charge them for that, whether they, you know, one month they might have a few more, one month they have might have a few less, kind of depends on them. I think if you come to an agreement in that in that way and they're paying for the service, whether they're in front of you or away from you, I think that can really work as long as you present it well. Um, so that's my initial reaction to it is have the conversation. Now, if you have presented your business from a you charge hourly rate directly for personal training, you presented it that way, whether it's per session or a block booking, then you're going to have to reframe it quite a bit and you might take some time to reframe that to charging for the whole service and doing an average amount of session, like including an average amount of sessions per month for them. And, you know, you and they have got to be both okay to kind of go, well, if one month I'm not here as much and I do five sessions, over a month and the next month I do eight sessions, then we've both got to be okay with that. Do you know what I mean? It, it works both ways. Um, so that's my initial thought. Um, because obviously per session, it's never going to be a great sustainable business model and block bookings isn't the best either. But if it's a one in a one client out of a hundred and it works for them and it works for you, crack on that is my thoughts any other thoughts on that it's quite an interesting one 
No, you just price for the service. So like, for example, if they cannot, you basically could do a hybrid model quite easy with that client. That's what I would say. Next. Take time, Nick. Honey, hey, getting on a bit now. You're Shut your face. You fucking old Shut as fuck. Up. You're old as fuck. You're literally three years younger than me. Three years? Yeah. How old yeah. are you? How old are you now? You're 41. I'm What's 36. Your middle name? I'm 40. I'm 36. Four years. You can't do maths, you. Four years. That's five Four. years. You do it. No. How old are you this year? It doesn't matter. Come on. Next exactly question. Dickhead. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Pratt. Uh, I'm looking for advice on running a free 14-day plan through email. I'm thinking about emailing the plan out as a PDF, then sending out three to four emails a week offering value. I'll eventually send out, oh, damn it, I've lost it, um, a call to action asking them to book a consult. Another idea I have is to send the plan out through daily emails instead of a PDF. Any advice on how... To go about this properly i would do the the latter of the two um to keep them engaged like the way out you've asked us the question so it's always a bit harsh saying the way i would do it but the, honestly the, the way i would deliver this is i would do what you've just said on the second part of that question where i would set them up so it'd be like a welcome email as soon as they as soon as they buy this or they opt into this lead magnet I would send them a welcome email with a bit of a packing of hate, let's say, for example, welcome to the team, how to how to set your own calories, all of that type of stuff, maybe a how-to on my fitness part, um, maybe a gauge of um, how they could potentially increase their steps depending on where they're at, an activity, what to focus on, what would be the non-negotiables that they could put in place within the 14-day plan. Um, so they would get that as like a welcome, in my opinion. And then for me, I would send the programs individually daily instead of sending them up front. I just think that it keeps them engaged. It helps people to look for it. So you're kind of excited to see what the next day is going to be. So I would probably send them. So, you know, you when you wake up, you've got your plan there for the, for the day where you can just turn up to the gym and do it, or you could do it at home. I just think that's a more engaging way to go about it. Um, so yeah, I, I would do that. So the welcome front end it with the welcome, the, the information, the non-negotiables, gaining success from the plan, the information of how to set calories, and then the individual programs. And probably when, let's say it was a five-day week of programs on the two days that you wouldn't do, maybe I would just send some information and tips of how to get the best out of that plan um, on them two days to keep them engaged and motivated and with the call to actions on. Because what you might, I'd add a call to action on more or less every other day, if I'm dead honest, on, on something like that. Yeah, that's how I would do it. And it's everything different. Um, the only other thought I had was maybe switching it up and using something like um, Kajabi. And that way you could drip feed. So you could release a program a day, for example. Um, it gets all on one system. Um, Yeah, you could do that. But I think, as I mentioned there, I think whatever way you do do it, whether it's you release it and get them on a Facebook group and release it, you post into the Facebook group every day, or whether it's through email or whatnot, um, 
yeah i think i think you're right in in drip feeding it a little bit it also makes sure that people understand and get the information rather than a, a bulk load of uh, of info all at once and only taking what they directly want out of it um so yeah i'd, I'd agree but there's different ways of doing it just right now next question how often there's two parts to this question how often should you review your goals answer that first i'll i will i'll do what i want right you can answer it do what i want okay so i'll answer the second one first don't be a tit <laughs> how often should you review your goals i look i think i think you should be looking at them at least every month um you know when you're when you're doing like your business review, wink, wink, um, it'll ask you and it'll kind of so the... That was the oldest thing you've ever done. Huh? Was, don't do that again. I'll, yeah. I will do whatever the hell I want. You just proved to everyone that you're 51 today. Oh no, can't hear him because I muted him now. <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, wink, wink. Fuck off. Wink, wink. I've actually never said that in my life. <laughs> It's a podcast, so I can't actually wink because no one would see me winking. So I had to say wink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, if you do a business review, it will prompt you to look at your goals every month and focus on what you want. There we go. Uh, ideas to create more conversations in the gym. Oi, right. A list could be all right. Let's get an, let's get a list. Health checks on the gym floor. Technique correction. Surveys and questionnaires. Um, competitions from everything. Some silly like you could get a fishbowl with M and M's and guess how many whatever color M and M's are in there. You could do a raffle. You could. Um, run a run a challenge from performance like a deadlift or a plank or a step challenge or an accountability if you do classes you could um do some little challenges at the end of each class you could um do posture analysis you could set up little warm-up stations uh cool down st stations mobility stations um you could hang around um where people are weighing themselves and if you've got a bioimpedance machine to help people out have a conversation with them you could tour people um whoever comes to the gym door tour people around you could offer ad hoc inductions you could um add, do ad hoc intro to weights free weights area i mean the list any 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 of us um apart from the basics no um apart from the basics of just making sure that you actually have interaction human it's just normal day-to-day -day interaction with people like asking how they are how their day is what they're up to in the gym today that type of stuff because we normally go most of us as pts when we think about creating conversations we're already thinking about the consultation or the sale so Think about the first step first, which is just having a having a having a conversation and a bit of a crap with someone. Um, 
and taking the edge away from it and then move on to all of that stuff that Nick's just said. Like creating conversations uh, is all, literally everything that Nick's just said creates a level of conversation. So no, there's no need to add to anything like that, but just don't overcomplicate it. Like we build this up in a, into our head to be something that is absolutely not. And then as soon as you do that, you just have an internal battle and that internal battle normally ends up with you losing and putting it off all the time. You don't want that. You don't want that because fact is the majority of PTs, especially in commercial gyms, don't create conversations with members on the gym floor unless they pay them, which is fucking ridiculous, really. So if you want to be a PT, like one of them PTs that just neglect members on the gym floor and don't help them, you deserve to struggle in the future. So it's to be direct, but it's just true. You, you've, you've got, I don't overcomplicate this. Just do not overcomplicate it. It's the easiest way to bring clients into your business. And it gets you out of the staff room listening to fucking bullshit, what other PTs are talking. Yeah, that's my spin on that anyway. Um, How many core service offerings would you run with at any one time? And how would it be fair to say that as you gather more experience, nail each offering you could add, you could expand on them? I don't think personally I would run more than two because I, I, I was the type of guy in a, from a business perspective to, to want to, to start something new and to launch something and wh whether it was seasonalities type stuff like courses or programs or transformations and all of that. And it just becomes that your message just becomes more and more diluted. Like I said, whoever asked the question before about online coaching, like you're selling coaching and you're, when you're marketing, you're marketing the benefits of coaching and people's experience within your business with coaching doesn't matter too much about what product it is. Um, but in terms of core offering, I, I personally wouldn't deliver more than two. And that's not more so from a just the diluting the message perspective. It's more so from a, a ways of working and workload perspective, because, yeah, it, it's just a lot to manage any more than that, in my opinion. There is a couple of questions in the group. Uh, Coda, how do we stay more in control if we have a booking system in place? Um, I think it just becomes really, you just got to be really clear on um, on your schedule, mate, to be fair. I think, I think there's a couple of different things that you could do that helps like manage your time a bit more effectively. And one of them is, like breaking the different types of bookings down to consults, pre-consults, obviously having those in times that you want to actually fill, first of all, having them potentially on a separate link that you would then include in your onboarding, um, et cetera. I think then if you kind of looking at the different services you provide people, um, you know, if you've just got, for example, if you've got if you've got your boxing and you've just got um, you've got certain times for boxing and certain clients that that will only book in for those sessions, um, then have a have a link basically set up that schedule. Have a private link for that. Same again if for you one to one or twice a week or whatever it is. So I think just segmenting down, being really clear on um, your schedule. Um, segmenting the different services down so you know what bookable times are there um letting clients know ahead of time when they can book in how long they can book in for um etc etc um 
and making sure that they understand how to use it as well like real real quick and easy how they can actually book in so they become competent and they get used to it and the turns is basically it running itself next one in the group sam i've been approached by a local sports club around sponsoring the team just wondering what your guys thoughts were about that as i'm in two minds on one hand i want to get my logo seen as much as possible in the community but on the other it's a decent chunk of money for an uncertain return uh, my spin on this is that I would ask them to see what return people have had in the past if they've done it before. So I'd like to see and understand what that looks like. Um, so that would be my first point. Uh, if they haven't got that, again, it'd give me, I'd be apprehensive to do it. Uh, the second one would be that does that sports club, is that sports club exposed to your demographic? So if your demographic will see that quite frequently, then there's a higher chance that I would then do it. Um, but if they're not anywhere near it for whatever reason, then I probably wouldn't. Um, I know it's dead exciting when you get requests like this and you kind of think, how cool would it be to have your logo and spread awareness? And you kind of build it up to be something that it ends up not being because of basically A, they, haven't, they don't do much to give you a return and B, um, more so it, it doesn't align with your demographic at all. So I, I would analyze them two things like, have they got the proof? Is it, are they expert? Is that, um, advertising and marketing being exposed to, to your demographic? And if it's not, then I don't personally don't think it'd be worth doing. That's my spin on it. Go on, Nick. I'd agree. Um, because yeah, from ESP, and, ESP. and a lot of them it'll be it'll it's like you said there, Sam. There, like I sponsored my brother, but I knew that it wasn't going to get. I didn't do it for a return. I did it because he needed sponsorship for his rugby. Um, a lot of it is down to paying for the kit. Um, and what you'll probably find is that unless it's and you know unless you're getting a couple of hundred thousand down every Saturday, every Saturday, and you're in and you're in like. You're in the um, what do they call it? Program. Program. Um, and bits and pieces they can introduce and get networking together or something like that. Then I don't think it's worth it. It's just put here from an ego standpoint. I just want my logo on there, kid. <laughs> now, mate, and honestly, if you've got the money to throw away and not expect much for return, then do it. Like if that's if that's a proud moment for you, then fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? But just accept that it's going to probably be minimal return, um, depending on how good they are. And if they're really shit, definitely don't do it. <laughs> um, Nicole, morning, guys. Do I need different T's and C's for online and face-to-face -face clients? It's a good question. I just realized after taking on an online client that my T's and C's are very steered towards face-to-face -to -face mentioning sessions, etc. I would, I would say so, yes. Um, I would say so. Yes, mate. I think there's a higher emphasis on the on of a, from accountability perspective from the client for obvious reasons. So I think you've got to highlight those. You've got to um, yeah, you've got to differentiate the two things. You've got to um, you know there might be more emphasis on things like the, the check in and the feedback or the monthly review or whatnot. So so yeah, I definitely think um, you need you need. T's and C's to match the service. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you. They're pretty shit. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant.
Right. Any final thoughts, Nick, on your 51st birthday? Um, no. Except for the obvious. What? Well, you're getting coffee. Well, it's nine o'clock, isn't it? You're going to need more of that now. You're getting on a bit, aren't you? <sighs> <laughs> You're going to get this all day. I don't see you all day. Thank God. Right, guys and girls. Hey, shut up, you. Also, I was in the gym doing Legion at 7am and just wanted to have a brag about that. Who's put that? Um, Sam. He was in the gym doing Legion. Go on, Sam. Thanks, Nicole. Oh, let me see what dodgy pictures that I can dig out of you some today. They're, eh? all, they're all up anyway, aren't they? No, they're not. I've got some more. I've got some more. Right. See you in a bit. See you later.